Hi, everyone, and welcome to Tiebreaker Tennis, the tennis podcast that's part of the Total Sports 24-7 Network. This is Chris Hayes, the host and producer for this podcast and all podcasts across the Total Sports 24-7 Network. You can find us on X at Total Sports underscore 247. You can access all of your favorite podcasts across the network on our website, totalsports247.podbean.com. You can subscribe to our newsletter at weekendweekout.substack.com as well. And you can subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast platform is your preferred platform. On today's show, we're going to cover the men's semifinals of the Australian Open. The women are in the books. We saw Arena Sabalenka take out Coco Goff 7-6-6-4 in a, an interesting match to watch. There were a lot of twists and turns and ups and downs, especially in the first set. Uh, Sabalenka managed to hold her nerve and serve it out in the second set. And then we saw uh, Wen Zhang... Uh, take out the uh, qualifier Diana Yastrzemska 6-4-6-4 in the second semifinal. So Sabalenka and Zhang will face off for the final. We will cover that final in a future episode. Today we're going to focus on the men's semifinals. So the first match that we have is Novak Djokovic against Yannick Sinner. It feels like these these two played their quarterfinal matches like a week ago. It feels so long ago, but they will they'll take the court first in their semifinal. So let's go through how they got there and then let's look at the odds for the match and analyze how we think this match is going to go. So first we have Djokovic, the number 1 seed. He took out Taylor Fritz in the quarterfinal in four sets, Fritz being the 12th seed. And we like this showing for Taylor Fritz. It's it's not a breakthrough that we were hoping for, but we think a breakthrough could come this year. He looks much fitter to me, and it's challenging in a draw if, no, if Novak Djokovic is in your section of the draw. If he had had... Uh, luckier draw, we could see him getting to a semifinal with the way he was playing. So we were encouraged by Fritz's performance, especially that fourth round, four set win against Stefano Tsitsipas, the number seven seed. So to me, things are looking up for Fritz. He's knocking on the door of the top 10 again, and I think that he will get there. He's been as high as number five. I don't know that he's right there yet, but we think top 10 is certainly in the near future. Djokovic had really no other challenges prior to Fritz, if you can consider Fritz a challenge. I'm not even sure about that. I think he was fortunate to get Adrian Manorino in the fourth round, something that we had predicted because of Ben Shelton in his section of the draw. We thought Manorino would get by Shelton. We just don't think Shelton is there maturity-wise yet. And the veteran Manorino managed to get through that match in five sets and then just got shellacked by Djokovic. Love, love, and three in the fourth round. So Djokovic with a pretty standard, quite honestly, uh, Grand Slam performance with some hiccups, losing some tiebreakers. But other than that, he's been... uh, his form has shown, has been what we have expected from Djokovic, winning fairly comfortably. Yes, maybe a dip or two in play, but nothing to be concerned about, and the wrist seems fine. 
The other side of the net, he'll be facing Yannick Sinner, who has yet to drop a set. He has faced most of the seeds that have uh, come his way. So he's he, actually, he's faced all the top seeds. The draw in section three, he's he heads up section three. And section three and section four, they went basically according to the seeds. So he got a uh, maybe a top 60 player in Bodek van de Zanschlip in the first round. And got through that match in 6-4-7-5-6-3. A good first-round match for Sinner. And then got by the qualifier, uh, Jesper de Jong, in the second round. Then faced the 26th seed, like the, the draw holding to form. Sebastian Baez, love one and three. Then he got the 15th seed, Kachanov, former semifinalist here, four, five, and three. And then he got Andre Rublev, the number five seed, and beat him in the quarterfinals for six and three. So Sinner has yet to drop a set, not even facing a ton of resistance. Poor Andre Rublev, the number five seed, 0 for 10 now in quarterfinals at majors. Talk about somebody who really needs a breakthrough. He's just not at his best against the elite in the sport, in the majors. He just hasn't broken through. You wonder if it's weighing on him mentally. I I don't know if it's ever going to happen for Rublev. I think it could still happen this year, particularly on a hard court, so looking at the U.S. Open, depending on how he does the rest of the year. But, man, that's just, that's that's a tough stat to carry around. 0 for 10 in quarterfinals. So that's how Djokovic and Sinner got here. So let's talk about their head-to-head matchup. They've played each other six times. Djokovic has won four. Their second head-to-head was probably their most memorable match. This was in 2022, the quarterfinals of Wimbledon. Sinner took the first two sets, and then Djokovic won the last three. So the final scoreline was Djokovic over center, 5-7-2-6-6-3-6-2-6-2. We think Sinner has learned a lot from that match. And the reason we say that is because Sinner's two wins against Novak have come since that match took place. He beat him in the ATP finals in the round robin portion of the final, but then Novak got him back when they both made the final of the final. So when Sinner beat him, he beat him in three sets, and Novak beat him three and three in the final. Then soon after that, at Davis Cup final, Sinner uh, beat Novak 6-2-2-6-7-5 to win that semifinal match. So Sinner has the two wins, but both times that Sinner has won, Novak has still taken a set off him, whereas Novak has won in straight sets against Sinner three out of the four wins that he has. So what is our forecast for this match? We like the upstart Sinner to break through and get past Novak. We think he's playing really well. We think he is an underrated mover. We think he's underrated in terms of his variety. And we think that he might be able to hit through Novak a little bit better than 
someone like a Taylor Fritz, right? Fritz has the power, but he doesn't have as much variety as center, and he doesn't create as many angles. He almost has to hit, like, right through you, which is playing right into Djokovic's hands. And center, we think, has more variety of shot, and his serve, we think, is at least comparable to what Fritz brings to the table. In his match against Rublev, in the quarterfinal, Sinner went for 10 aces and served 65% on his first serve, winning 75% of those points. He's uh, not as great on the return side of things, and Djokovic has become more precise, and uh, that serve has become more of a weapon for Djokovic as he's gotten older, which is which is interesting. He served 20 aces in his match against Fritz, against just three double faults, and he served 17 against Manorino in a three-set match, and Manorino is one of the better returners in the game. And he's barely serving any double faults. He had three against Fritz and five against Manorino. Uh, so he is uh, that serve has turned into a weapon for Novak where earlier in his career, it was certainly not a liability, but it wasn't the strength of his game. The strength was his flexibility, his ability to retrieve and his ability to keep balls in play and uh, his forehand down the line, in my mind, is one of the better shots. A lot of people go for his backhand. I think his forehand down the line is a really, really good shot, but he's turned that serve into a weapon. So for Sinner, he's got to be able to hold serve and he's got to be able to put pressure on Novak serve. We think he can do it and we're calling for the upset. So the odds on DraftKings are Djokovic is minus 195 and Sinner is plus 160. And again, this is the first match of the two semifinals that are taking place in the overnight hours on ESPN. If we look at set betting, Sinner to win 3-2 to two is plus 550. We think if he does win, it might be a longer match. We're not, we're, Novak, there's no way Novak's not gonna win, going to win a set. So if Sinner wins, it'll be either 3-2 at plus 550 or 3-1 at plus 600. We kind of like the 3-1. to one. Let's look at the total games for the match. And see if that's a play that we would maybe entertain as well. We could see this being a longer match. And we can see uh, the the games being longer as well. With more games, or sorry, the sets being longer. More games within sets. So the total games is 41 and a half on DraftKings. It's minus 110 to both sides. I think the play we're going to go with is the over. We're going to go with over 41 and a half, and we're going to go with Sinner to win, and we're going to take him on the money line at plus 160. If you wanted to parlay that, a two-pick parlay for that on DraftKings right now would be plus 396. We're going to take them separately because we're not, of course, we're not as confident as Sinner on the money line, but... We like the 41.5 over and center to win. Our second match is a blockbuster as well. It faced or pits Daniil Medvedev against 
Alexander Zverev. We like Zverev a lot. We think he's been underseeded ever since he got hurt at the French Open and has been trying to build up his ranking ever since. We think Sinner might be the second best player in the world right now, and Alcaraz is third, and Zverev is fourth, Medvedev being fifth. Zverev has Alcaraz's number a little bit. So let's talk about his path to the quarterfinal, or sorry, to the semifinal, and then we'll talk about Medvedev. So Zverev, or sorry, Medvedev. <laughs> sorry, Zverev. We'll start with Zverev first. I keep mixing them up. Zverev, in his uh, route to the semifinals, he faced some resistance and some surprising resistance before facing Alcaraz in the quarterfinal. And then surprising resistance came in the second round from qualifier Lucas Klein. He had to go to a fifth set tiebreaker to get through that match. And then he had to go to a fifth set tiebreaker against Cam Nori in the fourth round. That wasn't as surprising because Nori played really, really well in the third round against the 11 seed Casper Ruud. So Zverev, uh, he, he kind of dominated the tiebreaker against Nori, winning 10 points to three. Again, in the in the final tiebreaker of majors, both on the men's and women's side, they play a 10-point tiebreaker in the final set, whereas any other tiebreakers in any other set are your traditional uh, first to seven. So that win against Nori Gave him a berth in the quarterfinal against the two-seed Alcaraz. And Zverev completely dominated this match. He won 6-1, 6-3, 6-7, 6-4. He had a chance to serve it out at 5-3 in the third set. Alcaraz broke, consolidated the break. They went to a tie break. And Alcaraz had a, played a very good tie break to create a four set in that match and then Zverev went back and was playing just like he was in the first couple sets and took it in four. Listen to this stat from the match. Zverev, who has had trouble in the past with his serve, served at 85% first serve percentage. That maybe is the highest I've ever seen in a match. He only had seven aces, but part of that is because of Alcarez's retrieving and returning ability. 85% first serve, and he converted on the return side of things, seven of 10 break points. So just an outstanding performance on serve from Zverev. In his fourth round match against Nori, he served at 84%. So when the serve is clicking for Zverev, it translates to the rest of his game. My favorite shot of Zverev's is the inside-out backhand. I think that is his best shot, and it can be set up with successful serving. And so we're very interested to see if the serving stays at that high level in this match against arguably, I would say, the second-best returner in the game and Daniil Medvedev, of course, being behind Novak Djokovic. Medvedev's match was anything but straightforward against Ubi Urkoc in the quarterfinal. You may remember that we picked Urkoc to move through in that match at plus 200. Unfortunately, he was not able to do so. Medvedev took it in five sets, winning 6-4 in the fifth. When you look at the numbers, they don't look as good for Medvedev. 
Medvedev had 11 aces and 10 double faults in this one. He didn't even win as many points as Urkacz. Urkacz won 164 points total. Medvedev won 156. The difference in this match was Medvedev was better on the bigger points. Urkacz had more points. He had more aces. He had a better first serve percentage. He won more points on his first serve. He had more break points. But he lost the match. And he Urkacz did get a little tight at certain moments. And Medvedev, when you watch him play, some of the shots he's able to make are pretty unbelievable. It seems like he'll retrieve a ball and it doesn't look like it's going in. And it lands in, either along the baseline or it, it, it's just, it, it's incredible how he's able to retrieve. And he mixed things up against Urkacz in this match. If you recall, one of the reasons we picked Urkacz to win this match was because of Medvedev's predictability on the return side. Yes, he is a world-class returner, but his game in our minds was becoming a little bit predictable and a little bit easy to read. (laughs) And I don't know, maybe he was listening or something because he changed his tactic right away against Urkacz. Urkacz was flustered at the beginning of this match because Medvedev was retrieving much closer to the baseline than he traditionally does. He mixed it up during the match and we anticipate more of that coming into this match against Zverev. Their head-to-head is interesting. It's 11-7. to So this will be the 19th time that they have played each other, but Medvedev has dominated recently. Zverev won the first five times that they played and then, or sorry, the first four times that they played, and then Medvedev has won 11 of the last 14. But Zverev did get him in Cincinnati in 2023. That was a really important win for Zverev. 6-4-5-7-6-4 because it was on an outdoor hard court, hard court and because of the way he had been losing to Medvedev so frequently. They played each other six times in 2023 alone, and Medvedev won five of those times. But I will say the part that's fairly interesting about this is that they have not played in a major uh, at all. They've yet to play. So they have not played to where they could go five sets. They tend to play in Masters 1000 series. Uh, they played in four of the six Masters 1000 series last year. Indian Wells, Monte Carlo, Rome, and Cincinnati. And then they played in the ATP Finals. So out of the 18 times they've played, they've always played best of three. So this will be the first time they play best of five. We th- we like Zverev to move into the final for this one. We we think that he will not suffer a letdown after the dominating performance against Alcaraz. We think that Medvedev we still think Medvedev is vulnerable. He's got to get that serve right or uh, Alcaraz or sorry or I keep or keep, I keep getting them confused. Zverev will punish that serve if Medvedev uh, if Medvedev has 11 aces and 10 double faults in this match, he will lose with the way Zverev is playing. If Zverev keeps that serve up, if he's able to uh, take the ball early against Medvedev, if Medvedev's lacking in a little bit of power, then we like Zverev a lot. And when we look at the odds for this one, Medvedev is favored, which is 
to be expected. Again, one, because of their head-to-head matchup, but two, he is the higher seed in the match, and he is favored at minus 155 with Zverev at plus 130. We're going to go with Zverev at plus 130 on the money line, and that's the only play we're going to go with because the the match that he that Zverev had against Alcaraz makes us a little concerned. No, we want to shy away from any games because we could see this being uh, a match that is shorter in nature if Zverev continues to play like that. At the same time, he had longer five set matches earlier in the tournament, so it's a little bit unpredictable as to how long this match is going to go, depending on Zverev's play. Now, what will be interesting to watch with Medvedev is if he puts pressure on Zverev and maybe comes in a little bit. It's very much not in Medvedev's nature to come to the net, but we saw the success that Cam Nori had against Zverev and Kasper Ruud in the round prior with his net pressure. Nori himself... I would not call him a a net specialist by any means, but Nori takes the ball early. He doesn't hit it especially hard, but he's able to create angles. He's able to anticipate, and he put Rude and Zverev in compromising positions at times where they found it difficult to pass when Nori was at the net. We think that tactic could work against Zverev. We don't know that Medvedev can pull it off, and we don't know that he will even try. He has a reluctance to come to net and it's it's just not his strength and so we're going to go with Zverev to turn this rivalry around a little bit and win at plus 130 so our official plays on the pod are we're not going to do any parlays we're going to do three separate plays so center on the money line at plus 160 over 41 and a half games between uh between Djokovic and center oh now that I'm looking at that one second here. The odds may have, the odds look a little bit different. Hold on. Okay, it is 41 and a half. I was, it says Medvedev and Zverev on my screen. Sorry about that. Okay, let's start over. We like Sinner on the money line at plus 160. We like over 41 and a half games between Djokovic and Sinner. And then we like Zverev on the money line at plus 130. Three separate bets. Those are the plays that we're going to call for on Tiebreaker Tennis. So that'll do it for this episode. Enjoy the matches in the overnight. And we will be back to preview both the men's and women's finals in the next couple days. Enjoy the tennis.